All right, welcome into another episode of the Musketeer Report podcast. It is Monday, February 19th, and I am doing this show solo. I think that makes the most sense given everything that's gone on over the course of the last week and probably the the nature of the questions that are going to be asked tonight probably made the most sense for me to just go ahead and take care of those. So uh, it'll be just me. I'm relying on you guys to pitch in as we go along here, but we're going to talk about everything that's happened since Xavier's last game, as well as the event as the events of the last week with the Open Ohio State job. Xavier sits at 13 and 12 overall, seven and seven in Big East play currently. The Musketeers are ranked 44th in Ken Palm, 54th in the net. They are no longer showing up in any bra- brackets on bracket matrix. I mentioned that XU only had one game last week. It was a tough 88-70 loss at Seton Hall. We might get into that some more, but first, we'll start with what's been on the minds of Xavier fans over the course of the last few days, and that is Ohio State firing Chris Holtman as their head coach. On Wednesday, Ohio State made the announcement that head coach Chris Holtman had been fired, And immediately after that, national media members started connecting Sean Miller's name to the job opening at Ohio State. I felt like there were really kind of two people that gave these rumors more legs than you would typically give to a a job candidate list this early in the process. That was Trilly Donovan, who if you don't know what Trilly Donovan is, you don't know what I'm talking about, this probably won't make much sense to you. But the sickos who are really in the weeds on this college basketball stuff, you'll understand where I'm going here with this. Uh, Trilly Donovan is an anonymous burner account on social media, but he is well-sourced. He does have good contacts via via the agent list and also uh, with coaching staffs in college basketball all across the country. And in mid-January, he had been saying that Sean Miller might be interested in the Louisville job. He was talking about other jobs that would open, and Ohio State was one of the jobs that he had mentioned. As soon as this opened up, he started talking about Sean Miller being a potential candidate that would be in play. The other one was the field of 68 guys, namely Jeff Goodman, Rob Doster, and John Fanta. And I think this stood out to people because these are the same guys that Sean Miller did his podcast with the year that he was out of coaching. And he seems to be friendly with them or close enough with them that I think people gave a little more merit to them saying this than they did some of the other random national people who were putting it out there. And so I wanted to just play this clip here of Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster talking about the rumors and what they would do if they were Ohio State, where they think Ohio State will go with their coaching search when it gets underway. You are now finding the replacement for Chris Holtman um, for a job that is uh, one of the better jobs that I think people don't realize is a really good job. Um, who are you calling? Who are you? Who are you reaching out to? Who is your kind of dream appointment in this spot? I'll just tell you. Right off the bat, if I'm Gene Smith, the first person that I'm going to is I'm driving down to Cincinnati. I'm driving to the Centa Center. I'm going after Sean Miller, first, second, third, fourth. I'm going to make him say no to me. Yeah, he, he's number one. He is mm-hmm. number one. You know, th- here's the issue. Like, Nate Oates' buyout is too much money. Okay, so even if you want Nate Oates, you're probably not going to pay $12 million, whatever his buyout, $14 million. TJ Otzelberger's buyout is, is in the same range, maybe even a little bit higher. So you could probably take those two out of the conversation right now. Um, Greg McDermott's name is going to be brought up. I, I'm just not sure I would hire Greg McDermott at this point in his career, to be honest. You know, I think he probably goes to warmer weather if he leaves 
Creighton to go anywhere else. Um, you know, Dusty May's a name that'll be thrown around. Um, don't hate it, but again, he'd be behind Sean Miller. Lamont Paris is an interesting name, Rob, mm-hmm. because of what he's done this year at South Carolina, and he's got Midwest ties from being an assistant at Wisconsin when they were rolling uh, years ago under Kaminsky and Decker and some of those guys. Uh, I mean, I just think Sean's the easy pick here. If, mm-hmm. if the buyout is affordable, um, then I think it's it's the fairly easy pick to, to at least go after him. Now, again, if you're Sean Miller, are you saying, is it worth it? What's your NIL? Because that's the key, right? Like Xavier's got really good NIL right now. Really good. Now, a lot of Big East schools do. Top of the Big East. My my bet is Xavier had more money for NIL this year than Ohio State did. Like, I would be very, very confident saying that. So, All right. So those were the comments made by Jeff Goodman, Rob Doster. Jeff also put out a tweet that said that he felt like Sean Miller's buyout being lower was one of the reasons that he would definitely be a candidate. Mentioned Lamont Paris as well in that tweet. So I guess the second part of this that I wanted to get into is – why is Sean Miller being mentioned as a candidate at Ohio State? And I think there are two big things to point out here. One, Sean Miller is really good. Top programs are going to continuously say that they want proven tournament experience. They're not going after an up-and-comer. They're a legit program. They want a guy with proven tournament experience. That sounds great. It's a great soundbite to give when you're putting out press releases or when you're the athletic director talking to the media. But when you start looking around the country, there are 80 power six jobs. Out of those current coaches, 26 of them have made at least two sweet 16s. And again, I don't know where you'd start drawing the line of like, this is proven tournament success or not. But I think if we're talking a lot of high major programs that think highly of themselves, they're going to say things like, we want a coach that has at least been to the second weekend of the tournament more than one time. And so there are 26 coaches out of the 80 power six jobs that have accomplished that. Out of those 26, nine of them have been coaching for 29 or more years. So, you know, we're talking about the Rick Pitino's, the Tom Izzo's, um, whoever else, the, the big names that have been there forever. And some of them um, maybe aren't even as, as the most successful names that you would think of, but th- they've, they've just been around for a long time and they're not going anywhere. Okay. So after you take away those guys, you have 17 left out of those 17, that would include Tony Bennett and Matt Painter, who I think we agree probably aren't going anywhere. And to a lesser extent, I'm not sure that a guy like Thad Mata or Jamie Dixon or even someone like Greg Gard, who just feels very Wisconsin to me, is probably likely options for a lot of these top jobs that are going to open this spring. So at that point, you're left with 12 guys. And out of those 12 guys, you know who's number one in Sweet 16 appearances? Sean Miller with eight of them. The next closest is Scott Drew at Baylor with five and Bruce Pearl with five at Auburn. Then Mick Cronin, Buzz Williams, Eric Musselman, they all have four. So that's the list of guys that we're talking about. After that, you get into the Greg McDermott's, Porter Mosers, Andy Enfields, Nate Oates, Chris Beard, Jawan Howard. Those are the names of guys that have two appearances. It's not a big list of guys that have proven NCAA tournament experience or success. 
especially if we're talking about getting to the second weekend multiple times. And so for that reason and that reason alone, Sean Miller is going to be a very popular name when these jobs come up. The second reason that he is a popular name and he's going to continue to be a popular name is there are people, and I don't know where all of the national guys are getting their info from, but I can say that there are people within the program at Xavier that feel like there are some long-term concerns that might would cause Miller to look elsewhere. Concerns about NIL, concerns about XU's financial situation overall, and concerns about how decisions are handled. That's what the posts on my message board were about over the last few days that we've talked a lot about on musketeerreport.com. And I know it bothered some people that those were out there with unnamed sources. And uh, I'm, I'm willing to answer any questions about those. I still stand by everything that was said. I don't think any of that was uh, incorrect or wrong. In fact, I've been told from people inside the Cintas Center that it was fair. Now, at the same time, I wanted to get people on the record who have the, the basketball program's best interest at heart. And I wanted to see what they would say when asked about these issues of not having enough resources and having issues with the way decisions have been made about certain things. And on Sunday night, I was able to get Mario Mercurio to go on the record and talk about those things. And you can read that full post at musketeerreport.com. But I think the, the big takeaway from, from what Mario said was, first of all, President Hanish has been a huge supporter of Xavier basketball. Second, I think Greg Christopher, the leadership at Xavier, the basketball program, everybody is on the same page with needing to push the basketball program forward. At the same time, he also acknowledged it's more challenging and complex ever. It's more challenging and complex than ever to check all the boxes that you need to to be competitive at the highest level in the Big East and in college basketball at large. We're talking about NIL. We're talking about facility upgrades. We're talking about any, any spending that you can think of on the college basketball program. And meanwhile, Xavier is dealing with financial issues as a university. And no one outside of the walls of the Cintas Center truly know how much that all trickles down to the basketball program and how much it affects the basketball program. I hear these rumors. I posted what I know of it. But again, I admitted not all of it adds up to me. A lot of it seems rather minor and things that can probably be solved. So I think that was that was the, the first part of the, the Xavier response from Mario. And then on Monday here, which is obviously recording this on Monday, but earlier today, Sean Miller went on his own podcast with Adam Baum and he talked about the, the current state of this year's team, but also the future of the program and how he's looking forward to seeing his first year players from this year return and grow next season. And I think that was pretty obviously a, an intentional statement by Sean Miller coming at an obvious time where fans are uneasy and everybody is worried about him potentially looking at other jobs this spring. I think that was his way and Xavier's way of trying to calm things down as much as possible. So where does that leave us now? I, I think there are a few things 
we can we can go with here. And I'll give you my take on that, I guess, first of all, and then we'll get to your questions. My take on all of this is that people want a black and white answer right now from a Disney character on my message board that's going to say either Sean Miller is leaving and he's not going to be at Xavier next year or Sean Miller is staying. He's going to be at Xavier forever. That's not available. It's not available because Ohio state is just scratching the surface of this job search. And even after Ohio state gets into their process and we find out whether Sean Miller is a serious candidate or not, there are going to be other jobs that open up. And so we can't say whether or not Sean Miller is staying right now or Sean Miller is going. That's not really the question that was being addressed over the last few days. What we've been talking about over the last few days is, are there real reasons to be concerned that Sean Miller might be interested in leaving this spring and looking at other jobs? Should he get offered them? Because he is going to be a candidate for some of these jobs. Some of these jobs, like I talked about, These programs that have high opinions of themselves are going to say, we need someone with proven NCAA tournament success and a track record. And Sean Miller has more than that, more of that than probably any coach that's going to be available in this year's coaching carousel if he is indeed available. And so his name is going to continue to be brought up. And so there's no true answer to give you right now about is Sean Miller staying or going. But I think if you read all the things that has been posted on Musketeer Report, starting with the first post that kind of hinted at NIL being a potential concern, and then the next post saying, hey, all this NIL stuff doesn't necessarily add up. I think there are some other things going on here and laid out some of the other concerns. I think that that is also legit. Both of those are legit. Both of those are concerns. And then I think you also take the piece from Mario Mercurio and the statement by Sean Miller today on his podcast, and you add all of it together. They're all part of the context. And you get a picture of something where there are legit concerns. There may be some things that Sean isn't happy about. And Xavier does have financial issues that are real that may hamstring the program in certain ways and make some tough decisions for the administration. But at the same time, I don't think we're at like some boiling point where Sean Miller is dying to get out of Xavier. I think he thinks that Xavier is in a very good spot. I think he really cares about Xavier University. I think you'd be hard-pressed to believe that all of the things that he has said over the course of the last year since he took the job was just complete BS and 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 unauthentic. I mean, that that is definitely a, a real admiration for this university that you've heard from Sean Miller. I, I don't doubt that at all. And I guess where that leaves me is that I would feel pretty good as a Xavier fan that Sean Miller is not just going to be around for this year, but for years to come, as long as Xavier continues to progress and prove that it's moving in the right direction. It's just, it's a constant battle to stay at the top when you're trying to compete in high major athletics. So it's constantly a moving target. And when great jobs come open and they're interested in Sean, he'd be silly not to at least see what's out there and, and make sure that Xavier's doing everything it can to stay at the top of the big East as well, while also acknowledging that, It's a special place that he cares about and Xavier in some ways stuck its neck out to bring him back into, to coaching. Um, I would also add to this that I've seen a lot of comments about the way things are being handled at Xavier or, you know, comments, social media posts at directly at the administration. The people at Xavier are smart, sharp people. 
they clearly understand the importance of college basketball and the Xavier program and what it means to the university as a whole. At the same time, President Hanish walked into a bit of a financial mess at the university that she's having to clean up, and that's going to come with having to make some tough decisions. But she's also drawing rave reviews from everyone that I've talked to, and I don't think there are any concerns about whether or not she understands the importance of college basketball or the importance of Sean Miller. I would also say, don't underestimate the difficulties of trying to compete with schools that have basketball budgets like Georgetown and like UConn and like Marquette. Those are three of the top basketball budgets in the country, and Xavier's in the same conference as schools like that. That makes it difficult when you want to compete at the highest level. And I get the impression that as long as Xavier is proving that it's going to continue to move closer to competing with those schools, everything will be fine. And I think Sean Miller will be at Xavier for a long time. All right, so I guess next thing would be what questions do you guys have about Sean Miller and the Ohio State situation? I'm willing to take any questions from you guys. I guess before we do that, we can listen to the Sean Miller statement. I forgot to play this. I do have the video of Sean Miller's statement that he made during his podcast today with Adam Baum. Attention and experience is, is so important, but... As we build and you go from year one to year two and the adversity we've dealt with, uh, I, I think that it's going to set up a great spring, summer, and a great beginning for our future and, and building this program into uh, continuing to build it, continuing to grow it like every every coach has that's been here over the last 40 years. I'm really looking forward to that. All right, so... There was the comments that Sean Miller made on the Sean Miller podcast with Adam Baum today addressing the, the future of Xavier. And again, I think those were clearly appointed, pointed comments made for the sake of the fan base. Uh, let, let's get into some of your questions here. Timmy says, how bad of a financial situation is XU in? Um, I don't think any of us know that. It's a private university that keeps its financial statements private, but we do know that they have been operating at a deficit, if you've read the news stories, and they are trying to build a medical school for the purpose of making more money and getting back on track. They've also talked about the the possibility of a football team to boost it male enrollment. I mean, that wasn't an athletics endeavor. That was an endeavor to try to make money and boost male enrollment for the university. So they are obviously doing things to address this. And I think most people believe the outlook for the, the solutions that they have put in place are good, that they are going to work. The problem is if you're the basketball coach at the university, and I'm not saying this is what Sean Miller is thinking. I'm just sort of playing the devil devil's advocate and, and giving you what could potentially be an issue is, Sean Miller might be looking at or the head coach of the university, whoever it is at any given time might be might be looking at all the things going on and the, the fact that you're operating at a deficit and maybe hamstrung in certain areas and say, well, I mean, that's great. I'm happy that we're moving in the right direction, but I'm not giving up years of my prime to be financially hamstrung. So, you know, I mean, if they, if they can't meet the needs of the program at the highest level, then that would be a concern. But I'm not saying that necessarily is the case. That's just throwing out that side of it. Let's 
So is the missing piece making sure Xavier continues to build the program? I think it's everything, Jeff. I think it's all of those. If you laid out, if you read all the posts that I post on Musketeer Report, this is all part of the context. We're trying to build it all up and give you a complete picture of what's going on. I think NIL is a piece. I think continuing to build the program and make sure that you're doing everything you can to to check the boxes for Sean Miller and his staff and give them everything they need to compete at the highest level is a piece. And I think just in general, the working relationship between everybody is is a piece. And I, I think all of that is in a good spot, but it can always be better. Is Ohio State really a better job than Xavier? It's NIL budget goes to football. I mean, I, I it's funny because I see everyone making these comments about what happens at Ohio State. And with all due respect, I don't really believe any of you have a clue of what goes on at Ohio State. Like, Right now, I would say Xavier spent more money, as Jeff Goodman talked about, Xavier spent more money than Ohio State did in NIL last year. At the same time, if Ohio State had the right basketball coach and the donors felt confident in him, Ohio State could have pretty much as much NIL money as it needed, and they could dwarf Xavier's NIL budget. Also, I know there was a a statement put out by The Athletic or a report put out by The Athletic that said Xavier outspent Ohio State in basketball spending a year ago or two years ago. That is just completely false. I mean, those reports that get out there about financial or uh, athletic spending, they're completely bogus, to be quite honest. They're they're completely worthless. So um, that's just not the case. I don't know if Ohio State is really a better job than Xavier. I guess some of that is going to be in the eye of the beholder. I do know that with the shifting landscape of college athletics in general, the possibility that college football schools and conferences might completely separate from the NCAA altogether you're probably more safe and secure in the Big Ten and the SEC than anywhere else right now, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Ohio State is a better job than Xavier if the head, if for the head basketball coach. Coach Miller sounds like a vote of confidence, like the reverse vote of confidence you're saying, Rick, right? Like he's like giving a vote of confidence to the university as opposed to the old dreaded athletic director giving the vote of confidence about the head coach before he gets fired. That That's one way to look at it. All right, what else do we got? With NIL now, how much does a difference in budget matter to the basketball program? For example, if Xavier has a stronger NIL than Marquette, does that matter more than budget? It all, I mean, it all depends, right? Like it's, it all adds up and each coach is going to feel differently about different things. And probably if you're being, if you're hamstrung in one area, meaning you have less NIL money, then you're probably going to think that's the biggest issue and you need more of that. If you're hamstrung in another area, like you don't have a nice locker room or you don't have a practice gym, which is not the case at Xavier, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying some other coach who doesn't have nicer facilities, they're going to say, I I need more money spent on basketball and facilities and things like that. So it it just depends on what your situation is, what the coach feels is most important at that time. It's always a moving target with this stuff. Other than what has publicly been stated about the final 2% in the 40K number, have you heard more about how NIL has increased or been elevated over the last week with more attention on it? Um, over the last week, I think that's pretty much the update right there is that you guys raised $40,000 over the course of like 48 hours, I think, for the NIL collective. Um, now, I will say just in general, this season, starting back in the fall, has been the most forward-facing or public-facing the NIL situation has ever been. Before, it was like the NIL was operating completely in the dark, and I think that was partly by design. And 
maybe that's part of the frustrations that where this frustration started um, with some of the things that Xavier and, and with the basketball program. But I think there was a, a concern about crossing up donations between the AFO and the basketball fund and NIL and all of that. I think they've done a much better job of getting everything working together and in sync and all working towards a common goal over the course of this year. I think you've seen things like the the bourbon, uh, uh, whatever that was, the, the bourbon situation where you could buy the bourbon bottles, uh, bourbon barrel tasting or whatever. I don't know the proper terms. I'm not a huge bourbon guy, but uh, that deal went well. And I think also just getting the monthly recurring payment plans for a lot of you that have started donating to NIL, those things have done well. And I think those are the types of things you have to do to take the pressure off of just a a few core donors who are supplying a lot of different things for the university. What do you think Ohio State does end up with? Paris, McDermott, high major field or mid-major field? Um, well, I, I I think all of those things are in play. We're just starting their coaching search right now. I don't I don't think we can answer that question. I don't think Sean Miller is off off the board there either. Seen a huge crease in NIL donations. Any possibility of playing this up to leverage funding? I mean, yes, to some extent, I think that's always at play. But I would also say I don't think any of this was like a mastermind leverage play by Sean Miller or anyone at Xavier. I think what happened was Ohio state fired their coach. So people started talking about who was going to be a candidate for that job and people who had heard things about concerns related to Sean Miller, potentially looking elsewhere this spring and long-term concerns about the program and the university. Those things came out as a result of the Ohio state job being open. It's not like something just happened in the last week that caused problems or that, that all of a sudden now needed to be solved. I think all of these things have been known about and they've been addressed or they're at least in the process of being addressed. The lack of transparency of what 2% needs is frustrating. Post that stuff like a United Way drive, if folks have a goal, this is the fan base that will drive to the goal. Um, I agree. I think they've done a much better job of trying to get more information out there and be more helpful with that stuff. I've actually talked to them and I've seen pretty much every other uh, Xavier media outlet. It seems like it's talked to uh, 2% NIL collective people about coming on these podcasts and, and giving you guys more information, asking, answering questions from you guys. So I think that'll definitely happen over the next few weeks. And hopefully that'll clear up some of the questions that you guys have. Do you think all these rumors flying around are a distraction for the team? It's possible. I mean, the, the everyone's going to say that after the performance at Seton Hall. That was the same day that the Ohio State job came open, and Xavier just completely failed to show up. In fact, in Sean Miller's coaches show tonight, he called it the most disappointing effort of the season. So anytime you have that, especially in a game where it was pretty much win or your season feels like it's over, people are going to start to point to it looks like the players may have been distracted. And I don't think that's unfair to bring that up. Now, I'd also say this Xavier team this year and its inconsistent play is capable of losing to anyone and getting blown out by anyone on any given night. So I don't necessarily think it was due to being distracted, but um, I think it's a possibility and I understand why people are going to say that. I also would tell you a lot of the reason this stuff is happening right now is because players have gained some power. Players fought for a long time to get NIL money, 
And they also fought for a long time to hold some power in where they go, meaning the transfer portal. Now that they can transfer multiple times with no penalty, not having to sit out at all, they basically have free agency every single year. And if you're decent at all at the high major level, you make over six figures through NIL. So I feel like being possibly distracted right now is a small price to pay for getting six-figure salaries after previously being unpaid and getting unlimited free agency every year, basically just signing a one-year contract, and then you can go into free agency and leverage that for more money the following year. I'll be honest. I'm past the point of worrying about distractions for the players. If Sean Miller returns next season, do you think that means he has received more than just a promise to greater commitment to the basketball program? Um, I don't know if you mean like contract wise, he signed a, uh, an extension in October. So I don't think there's going to be like any renegotiating of his contract. At least I wouldn't expect that. I don't think that's what this is about right now. I don't think Sean Miller is doing this or orchestrating this behind the scenes. I think this is again, a matter of he is going to be a popular name for jobs that are coming open this spring. There are going to be a lot of good jobs that come open this spring and people are curious or at least concerned about certain issues surrounding Xavier that might lead to him being interested in those jobs. So I don't know. I mean, definitely he's not going to stay at Xavier if he doesn't feel like it's a great situation and they're not moving the program forward. But from most indications we have, it's not, those issues aren't insurmountable. And I think most people, including Sean, feel good about where Xavier is and, and where they're headed. Robbie says the return of Chris Mack if Sean Miller leaves. I mean, again, we're so far away from getting to the point of Sean Miller leaving. Let me be clear about that. If you're asking me straight up right now, what do I think Sean Miller is going to do? I would lean towards Sean Miller as staying at Xavier. But there is no answer to that question yet. It's not black or white one way or the other. No one knows what's going to happen over the course of the next month plus. Now, that being said, if something were to happen and Sean Miller did leave, I think Chris Mack would absolutely be in play to get the job. It's that simple. I just don't see how he wouldn't be. It makes all the sense in the world. I even talked to a few people who will have a say in that decision or at least have their opinions heard when that when it comes time for that decision who brought that up without me even asking. They said if it were to happen this year, it wouldn't be the worst timing because we would go after Chris. So I think that's definitely a possibility. With coaches getting canned mid or towards the end of the season, do you see the NCLA pushing the transfer portal back to after the final four? I don't know, and that's a good question. I would like to see them do something with the, the transfer portal because it feels like you now get punished for making the NCAA tournament. You're not able to go out and re-up your roster for the next year in the transfer portal, and maybe that's one way to create more parity, almost like if – the NFL or NBA, if you finish last, you get to draft first or you, you get to draft higher. Maybe that's like part of where that helps the league. But I just don't think, I mean, with college basketball, you have guys graduating. You can do everything right, have your roster in place one year, and then the next year you're kind of rebuilding and you're going to need that transfer portal. I don't think it makes sense to penalize the teams that are reaching the NCAA tournament. So I think they need to look at that I don't know what they're going to do about it, Brian, and I don't know if this is going to be a trend that continues to get worse in terms of coaches being fired earlier in the year, but I'm worried that it might be.
David says, could you explain the process or problems with Xavier making an NIL beer? Um, yeah. And I, I guess the, I know I'm not the best person to speak on this. First of all, I haven't done a ton of research into it. There's a lot of people who know more about it than me, but there are already contracts in place with Chartwells, who I guess owns all the contracts inside CentOS center and also Learfield who does the advertising owns all the signage and advertising for CentOS center and Xavier sports properties, the broadcast on radio, all that. So, um, whatever beer or NIL beer you're going to come up with, it has to work with those contracts that are already in place. I would tell you, I think some things like this and Xavier being very by the book on them and putting a lot of red tape around them is maybe one of the things that does lead to some frustration at times for people involved. Uh, this is definitely an area that people have tried to approach and they've had issues getting it accomplished. I still think it's in play and it might happen, but it has definitely not been easy to get done. So that it's definitely something that's being looked at. Trilly says Sean's working Michigan now. Yeah. If you missed at the top of the show, I mentioned Trilly Donovan, uh, who is an anonymous basketball insider, I guess is the best way to put it. And he has a discord channel where people subscribe to for a, kind of like the paywalled message board we have. And he puts up information. And again, he started saying back in January that Sean would be interested in jobs such as Louisville, Ohio state, others that opened. And he's continued to pump that pretty much about every single job that might come open. So he is firmly on the stance of saying that Sean will look at other jobs this year. I've tried to lay out the reasons why he thinks that I think most of his reasoning relate is related to NIL, but maybe he's heard some of the same things that I posted about on the Musketeer report message board. Uh, aside from that, I like I, I, he's going to keep saying it. every job that comes open, he's going to mention Sean Miller for. He's clearly down that thought process, and I'm not saying he's wrong. I think other people feel that way too. But uh, I, I would, you know, it's no one knows right now. No one knows what's going to happen with this thing. Rick, he's totally working. It truly says he's working in Michigan and OSU. Okay, that's the same person commenting the same thing. Sorry about that. Uh, Matt says, sounds like one, people with openings, one M, two, they seem, see him as poachable since he left previously. It will take him turning down a few opportunities to change attitudes. Well, it's not just that, Matt. It, it's, it's also the fact that he makes less than probably a lot of coaches at the biggest schools. It sounds like he has a workable buyout according to Jeff Goodman. So I think those are the, are part of it too. And um, yeah, the, the first part about him being good and people want him and him having an NCAA track record of success is, is definitely a big part of it. Big Kenny. What's going on? He says, what advantage does it give a program to fire a coach before the season ends? Wouldn't it have made more sense to let the coach know they were going to start the search without making it so public. That's what I wonder, Kenny. I wonder if this just gives them more freedom to get their ducks in a row and vet coaches that they might be interested in without ruffling feathers. I guess they're worried about if you still have the coach in place, meaning Chris Holtman was still the coach and Ohio State was starting to try to back channel and get everything done so they can hurry up and wrap this process up as soon as the season ends and their coach is available and they can have him ready for the transfer portal. Then maybe it helps to have Chris Holtman out of the way right now because otherwise it's hard to keep those things quiet. That's the only thing I can come up with. And I've talked to people about this. I've talked to coaches about it. I've talked to agents about it. No one really seems to have a good answer for why you need to fire your coach right now. Maybe they felt like the situation was getting untenable with the players. I don't, I don't 
think that would be the case with a guy like Chris Holtman, who is pretty universally thought of as a good guy. But uh, that's all I've got on that, Kenny. I, I really don't have a good answer, but I'd be curious to hear if there is a good reason of why you need to fire coach early in February as opposed to you know at the end of the season. Why didn't Xavier raise the buyout when they gave Miller the extension? I think they did. I just don't know they had a lot of leverage to raise it super high. I mean, to to have a huge buyout, it's, they're not paying Sean Miller a ton of money. They didn't pay him a ton of money when he came back. I do think he's making more now with the new extension, but I don't know that Xavier had a ton of leverage giving their financial situation to, to put him in a huge buyout. At what point in the calendar would you assume the dust will settle? Is this something that gets done before portal opens? Well, what are we talking about getting done? I guess. Like, are we just talking about the Ohio state job or are we talking about Sean Miller's future? Cause it's, you know, it depends on what jobs are going to open when they come open, how that all plays out. I, I don't think this is just about the Ohio state job. And um, I, I, I don't know when that'll wrap up either because we're just getting started the very beginning stages of that. And we don't know if he's even a real candidate for it yet. So, I mean, it, it's very possible that in a month or two, we're really not talking about any of this because Sean Miller isn't actually a candidate for these jobs or he's turned them down and it's, it's all nonsense, but we just have to get to that point before we can really start assessing this stuff. There's, there's just no real answer to most of it right now. Kenny says, if I had to guess, Miller would stay without much of a raise if the Reese's are here to make deep runs in the tournament. I think that's the biggest thing, Kenny. I don't think it's about getting a bunch more money. I think it's more about making sure that Xavier is in place and understands what needs to be done to compete at the highest level going forward. I think that's all what this is about. How important will salary be in these discussions? If you're talking about Sean's salary, I don't think it's that important. Now, that's like saying how important is anyone's salary to their job. I mean, it definitely matters. And uh, I love when people always say like about coaches, well, how much, how many millions do they really need? It's like, well, do you want another million or two to do your job? I, my guess is you probably do. So uh, I think that's a human part of this. That's very real, but I don't think that's like a big issue here for Xavier. I don't think Sean is looking to leave because he's not getting paid enough. I, I don't get that sense at all. Is it possible schools that fire early want to avoid a Rodney Terry situation where the coach wins too much at the end of the season to get rid of easily? That's possible. I mean, of course, right after Ohio State fired Chris Holtman, they turn around and, and upset Purdue over the weekend. So, I mean, maybe that's possible. But again, I, I don't know if it's a good enough answer to actually do it, but, but maybe that's why. All right. It looks like a lot of people just are giving their opinions on why coaches might uh, why coaches might be fired early or why ADs might do that. So I think we're good on questions here. Um, I guess we can kind of wrap up with the state of the current season and the, and the Xavier team. If you guys want to ask any more questions or chime in with this stuff, feel free to do so. We, we can still take your questions or talk about other things, but uh, I think coming off of last Wednesday's performance, you can pretty much put the NCAA tournament stuff to bed Sean Miller talked about how he felt there were six important games left for his team. I think a lot of this is going to be about trying to look towards the future and figure out what you're going to do with this roster situation. He did mention on a show tonight that Kashienze is going to play going forward. So he, he proved himself again in the Seton Hall game, got to start in the second half, did some nice things. 
Uh, they're going to give him a chance. And he said Kashi's made great strides over the course of the season. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that as as a, a nice, fresh storyline to talk about with this team as we get through the end of it. I think um, the other thing Sean said that they were focusing on with this week off was just recovery. He said they took a lot of time off. Today was the first day they really got back after it full throttle. He wants to improve the defense a lot. I think coming off that game where you gave up 88 points to Seton Hall, it definitely made the defense a big focus of his. And then confidence is something else he mentioned, just needing to get some of these guys playing better basketball again. Some of them looked beat down and like, Anytime they take a shot, it has almost no chance of going in. So I think they're just hoping to get some of these guys to get a mental reset, a mental refresh, and and get them going again. They have uh, DePaul at home and Georgetown at Georgetown should be wins. The other four, in my opinion, are going to be a war. You have two of those four against Marquette. The Golden Eagles had won eight in a row prior to them getting stumped by UConn on Saturday. I can't imagine they're going to be happy after that. So my guess is they will lock back in and start playing well. Uh, I, I just think it's going to be a rough end of the season, but I think this is more about finding out what you have for next year and figuring out what you need to do in the transfer portal and whether that may involve another freshman or overseas international prospect, potentially those are the decisions that are really going to start to be made. I mean, they've already been thinking about it obviously, but it feels like over the course of the next month, those decisions are really going to be finalized. And I think these six games will still have a, a real say in some of that, because I don't think those decisions are clear cut, especially if you're talking about the future of the front court. All right, we'll wrap it up with a few, uh, a few more questions from you guys that have trickled in here. Tayson Chapman, Devin Royal, both recruited pretty heavily by Xavier, timed at the portal. Uh, yeah, Devin Royal is definitely a name at Ohio State that uh, Xavier's in on, and he, and he knows Dalen Swain well, obviously. Is assistant coach pay part of this discussion, or is this money needed to go all in on things like foreign recruiting? I don't think it has anything to do with foreign recruiting, um, aside from NIL. But, you know, assistant coach pay is always part of it. Right. I mean, like if you're Sean Miller, you're always trying to have the best assistance possible and you're trying to push that forward to get more resources so you can pay your assistants more. And I think with David Miller and, and Dante Jackson, you have two younger assistant coaches who probably are going to demand more money going forward and, and you're going to have to figure out how to pay them. I was under the impression that assistant coach pay was a strength under Travis when we hired Jonas and Ben. Is that no longer the case? Or was that ever the case at all? Yeah, it was a huge part of the case. Um, Travis went out and he hired two associate head coach type guys that were in line to become head coaches, as they both did. Ben Johnson became the head coach at Minnesota shortly after that. Jonas is now the head coach at Georgia State. Um, those guys made a lot of money. Part of that was Travis wasn't making as much money. And part of it was he brought Dante back on a cheaper deal. Dante was kind of out of the game, was a little more inexperienced at the time. So he was able to get him cheaper, I think. And, and that helped him to be able to pay those other two assistants a lot of money. Now you have a guy like Adam Cohen, who's very experienced and associate head coach. I imagine he's probably making a good salary. And then you have two younger guys in Dante and David. I don't know what they make, but um, I, I would imagine they're probably not making as much as Jonas and Ben were at that time when, when Travis was hired. So just different situations. What is the status of Cam Craft? Is he transferring? I mean, he's he's redshirting this year. He's 
hasn't really been with the team much for a while. He's stepped away for some personal issues that we talked about on musketeerreport.com. Um, you can draw your own inferences from there. I, I, I can't tell you whether or not he's transferring. No one has said that officially, but he, he did preserve a year of eligibility by getting his red shirt this year, and uh, he hasn't been with the team much. So t- take from that what you will. Is McKnight coming back? He has the ability to, yes. Any anything is up in the air. I mean, in terms of the transfer portal, but he does have another year of eligibility. If this staff had known of Freeman on Hunter's injuries, do you think they would have rather have brought back players from last year or brought back brought the Euros in earlier? Well, I mean, I don't think there was an option to bring back players from last year. I, I don't. I don't think that was part of something they could do. They would have loved to have had Jack Nungy back or. Um, trying to think of who else would have even had eligibility that they could have brought back for another year. I think Jack was kind of the main guy there, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that was a real option. Obviously you would have rather had Jack Nungy than any of the, the Euro players, but the Euro player situation was all done after the transfer portal was closed. So they really didn't have any other options at that time. Um, that's how they ended up with, with those guys. All right. I think that's good um, for this episode of the Musketeer Report podcast. Hopefully that cleared some things up for you guys, gave you a little bit of summary of the situation, answered some of your guys' questions here. Um, it, feel free to get on the message board and post any other questions that I didn't get to if you want me to to hit on something else. But uh, that, that was good 45-ish minutes of Xavier basketball talk. I appreciate all you guys tuning in. And I guess kind of my final takeaway here would just be that the, you know, the, the Sean Miller situation is understandable. I get why everybody is freaking out and he it's not over yet. He's going to continue to be a hot name for all these jobs that open up, but I, I, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't freak out right now. I think if you were asking me point blank, uh, give me a number one through 10, where are you at? One being Sean Miller definitely stays at Xavier. 10 being Sean Miller definitely takes another job and is leaving. I'm somewhere between like, three and a half and a four probably um i think it's a a possibility but i would definitely lean towards him staying knowing everything we know right now so hopefully that helps you guys thank you all for tuning in it's another edition of the musketeer report podcast